Welcome to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast, a podcast for psychotherapy group practice owners. I'm your host, Maureen Warbach. Hey guys, today I want to talk about investing and income for your group practice. I've had a bunch of questions in the past few weeks about what to expect when starting a group practice in terms of investment and um, what to expect in terms of income for your group practice. So I've tried to make this podcast episode as simplistic as possible because obviously starting and owning a group practice can be, it can vary so much from practice to practice depending on what each person's goals are for the group practice. So I want to make this episode as simple as possible when it comes to what you can expect when you start a group practice and when you grow it. So um, let's start today here with um, invest uh, income. Um, I'm going to, when I talk today about the income of a group practice, I'm going to set it based off of a three office space, a five office space, and a seven office space, just so that you can get a feel for what income can look like in each of these spaces and how much it can grow between the spaces. I also don't know um, for a group practice owner what spa- what how many spaces they do have. So I wanted to set that apart a little bit so that you can see what it would generally look like to have a really well-filled three office space, a really well-filled five office space, and a really well-filled uh, seven office space. How I'm going to make this simplistic is by saying that everyone is a clinician. It doesn't really matter in this example whether they're independent contractors or employees because I'm going to look at overall income. You'll have to split that apart based off of what percentage you give each clinician or if you pay them a flat fee or um, you know a yearly amount. But I'm taking this as, as simplistically as possible just because otherwise it can get really complicated. So in these three, five, and seven office spaces, I'm going to make the hourly rate that you charge as $100 per hour. So um, that can be that you actually charge $100 an hour or insurance reimburse $100 an hour per session or that the combination between your uh, sliding scale clients and your full fee or your lowest insurance and your highest insurance averages out to about $100 an hour. So um, when you hear these numbers, just know that that comes from a place of $100 an hour. Obviously, you can adjust that if your rates are $80 or $150, but this is kind of the the average range that I've been hearing um, around the U.S., so I wanted to leave it at a flat rate of $100 per hour. So if you look at a three office space, I would say that having an office used about eight hours a day, five days a week, is a pretty well used uh, group practice. So I'm not including Saturdays and Sundays, um, although I have clinicians in on Saturdays and Sunday is probably my busiest day out of the week. I have four Offices used, I have a six office suite right now, but I have four offices used on Sundays for about eight hours for each office on Sunday. So we make um, a good amount of income on Sundays. But to make this kind of simple and um, to not make this all complicated, let's just say that five days out of the week, whatever five days you want to use, 
your your office, your three office space is being used for about eight hours a day. Um, what that will yield is 120 clients a week, and that comes out to $36,000 a month. Um, something to consider in this is that obviously you can increase that income by having people work on weekends. And um, I've kind of calculated calculated that out as well. If you have eight clients scheduled on a Saturday and Sunday, so that's just one office being used at eight hours a day, even though you have a three office space, that'll increase your monthly revenue from 36000 a month to 37600 So just having one of your three offices used on a Saturday and one of your offices used on a Sunday can make that $1,600 increase per month. So that's something to consider. But what I really like about looking at income in this sort of way is that it helps you realize how close are you? If you have a three office space, are you bringing in $36,000 a month? Obviously given $100 an hour uh, per session. So if you're if you're making $80 an hour per session, you would multiply 120 clients per week times 80 uh, times four to see what that income should yield. But I like looking at it from this perspective because it helps you see that there may be some gaps in office space that you're not accounting for, or you notice that, hey, my income isn't 36000 it's 30000 for my three office space. Um, what, Where can I fill in those gaps? And you might see that there are certain days of the week where you're not filling that office for eight hours of the day, but only four hours out of the day. And what I've done is if I have, I have full-time clinicians and part-time clinicians and my full-time clinicians, they are in for at least six hours out of the day, seven hours out of the day. And my part-time clinicians are usually in between four and five hours a day. But I have some part-time daytime clinicians and part-time PM clinicians. So I stagger them so that Um, I like, for example, I have one clinician who works Tuesday through Friday from 10 till five. And I have another clinician that works Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday, but Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from five till nine. Those two clinicians use the same office. One leaves at five, the other one comes in at five. And that office is actually used probably around 10 hours out of the day. So uh, a good rule of thumb is to try to have each office used around eight hours a day. It might mean you being a little more creative in filling up that time. But if you take that three office space and multiply eight hours a day times five days a week, that'll give you an average of about 36000 a month. And that's not including some clinicians coming in on a Saturday or Sunday. Now, if you take that income and use it for a five office space, that would mean that five days out of the week, if you are seeing, if your clients are being seen for about eight hours out of the day in each office, that you should expect to have 40 clients a day being seen between those five offices, which equals 600 clients per week. And that'll bring in about 60,000 per month for a five office space. Um, if you want to bonus that up, have 16 clients scheduled on a Saturday and Sunday. That means two out of your five offices are used eight hours a day on a Saturday and Sunday, or three of your offices are used for four hours out of the day, that'll bring you an extra $3,200 a month. So again, I know I'm making it a little more complicated with this Saturday-Sunday bonus, but if you just take 
five days out of the week, Monday through Friday, and that you try to have every office filled for about eight hours a day. A three office space could yield you 36,000. A five office space can yield 60,000. And a seven office space can yield $84,000 a month, which is a lot. So in this last example, you have a seven office space. You can see 56 clients or all of your clinicians can see 56 clients per day in total, which comes out to 840 clients a week. And that equals 84,000 a month. This may seem like a lot to you. Um, and it seems like a lot to me, too, when you add this all up together. Remember, this is $100 an hour per session average. If yours is, if your average is a little bit less or a little bit more, that obviously changes that total amount per month. Um, but obviously, you also have to remember out of that, let's say, 60-ish thousand in a five office space, you're going to be given giving probably at least half of that away in... Um, payroll. So your leftover will probably be between 20,000, maybe a little less, maybe a little more, depending on how much you pay your clinicians and how many expenses you have. So I like looking at it in this sort of way and seeing the potential that a three office and a five office or seven office space can have. And obviously you can change that. Like I have a six office space. So um, mine is between a five and a seven office. But um, it helps me as well as anyone else see, is there any place that I can create extra income that I wasn't noticing before? Maybe you're not filling in daytime hours because you think it's going to be hard or you're not giving uh, hiring clinicians for weekends because you don't like working weekends and you're, you don't think that anyone else would want to. Like I said, Sunday is my highest, one of my highest um, grossing days because I have uh, a lot of clinicians who like to be home with their kids during the week and come on a Sunday for five or so hours and see see a bunch of clients. So taking in what I've kind of explained in terms of what income you can expect for a three, five, and seven office space, take a look at what you are making for your group practice. How many spaces offices do you have and how much income are you getting each month? Now, obviously, marketing and how many therapists you have plays a role as well, but this might help you realize that you can hire maybe one or two more therapists to fill in those gaps. And my kind of rule of thumb is that the more therapists that you have, the more likely it is that clients are going to come to you. And I know that it's a a risk that a lot of clinicians that are newer in terms of having a group practice are afraid of because they don't have the clients to fill those new clinicians up so they don't hire them. But in actuality, if you hire good therapists that are willing to market themselves, there's more of a likelihood that more clients are going to find your practice and more uh, clients are going to come. All right, so we've talked a little bit about income. And let's talk a little bit about expenses. I've categorized um, what expenses are kind of the most common to expect in a group practice. Most of these you probably already know about. And they all pretty much vary practice to practice. So this is one that's not as concrete as the income category that I talked about. So we have rent, electricity and gas, phone, internet, fax. Obviously, there's uh, actual fax, e-fax. You can have an office phone or you can have uh, like these 
new phone lines like All Call Technologies, which is what I use, where you don't have to have an actual phone. Um, You'll have to spend on ink, paper, stamps most likely. If you have employees, you'll be paying to the IRS, the Department of Revenue, Department of Unemployment. Um, Unemployment will vary. Their percentage will vary based off of how many years your group has been in practice and how often you use that unemployment. Um, If you don't use it, your unemployment percentage will go down each year. Um, Water. thats I have water in my office. uh, Like a Hinkley comes every week and brings water. It's about $20 a month, but it's a nice uh, extra to have. Shredding box is something that I have. So we have a shredding company, a mental health or medical shredding company that comes every eight weeks to shred all the documents that we have. You'll pay for payroll. You'll pay for accounting, which also increases the more bu- the more money your business makes, the more you will pay towards accounting because it takes them longer to do. You'll be paying for an EHR system. Also, if you have employees, you'll be paying for workers' comp. Um, you'll likely, as you grow, want to have your systems all um, connected. And so we have Google Apps for Work and Vertru, which makes our email between clinicians as well as email to clients or other providers HIPAA compliant. And that costs a certain amount of money per month. We have Psychology Today and Good Therapy and some other marketing that you might pay for as well as malpractice insurance. Now, if you have employees, you'll be paying for that malpractice insurance. If they're independent contractors, they can pay for it themselves. It's not something that you need to pay for. Um, Some of these investments aren't needed for all practices, but they're used in my practice and at least are something for you to consider in your group practice if if it's something that you need to pay for. So um, depending on how big your practice is, your expenses will become more. So when I was a smaller group practice with just a couple of clinicians, my my expenses were pretty minimal uh, other than rent, electricity and gas, paper, ink, water, shredding box, payroll, accounting, EHR, those things. It, it just came out to about a few thousand dollars a month. But remember, in um, a smaller space, your uh, income will be more than enough to cover those expenses if you're using your office wisely. If you're bringing in enough uh, clinicians and those clinicians are bringing in enough clients, that those expenses won't be won't be very high. And then also, as you grow, those expenses will grow with you. I want to um, leave with kind of a pro tip, something that I've learned along the way that has helped um, when hiring employees or independent contractors. So what I've noticed is that the, you want to hire people who can at least work two days out of the week. And what I realize is that if the more that they work, the more that your dollar towards that employee is being used. So what I mean is that each employee costs you money. Every person that you hire, you have to add them to your EHR system, which costs 30 40 whatever dollars a month. You have to pay more towards billing for that person. If they're uh, an employee, you pay unemployment taxes. You pay for their malpractice insurance, workers' comp, their Psychology Today uh, profiles, and any marketing you may do for them. Google apps for work and phone lines. All of this stuff gets added for, you know, every new clinician you hire. But if you hire someone to work one day a week, you pay the same amount 
for that employee to have them on your staff as you would someone who works full-time, which means that hiring people who can work more hours of the day or out of the week will bring you the most, it'll yield you the most income, obviously, but it'll also cost you less per employee. So if you hire someone to work one day a week and you have to you know, pay $30 for their, to add them to therapy notes or simple practice, and then you pay unemployment uh, towards them, malpractice insurance of a, around $115 per year, workers' comp, you add them to your Google apps for work, you add them, you give them a phone line, all of this costs you money to have them there. If they're there one day a week, you're actually not making half as much as you would if they were to work a few more days out of the week. So my rule of thumb is hire people who can work at least two days out of the week. One, it's good practice for their clients. If they ever need to reschedule their clients or their clients are sick, they don't have to wait two weeks to be seen again. They can likely be seen again in that week because they are there two days out of the week at least. But also it's a good practice in terms of business because then the money that you're spending – which comes out probably to close to $100 per month per clinician that you're going to spend, you'll end up making one, making more money in your group practice for each clinician, but you'll also be spending less uh, altogether. So I hope all of this kind of made sense. I know some people were asking about a podcast episode about income and expenses and what you can expect with your group practice in that sort of way. Um, I know it's a little bit harder to visualize money when you're hearing it, but I've also put this episode into my group practice exchange email series, my group practice startup series. So if you go to www.thegrouppracticeexchange.com backslash group practice startup, or you go to the tab that says group practice startup, um, you'll see that there is an email series. It's an eight-week email series for people starting a group practice that explains uh, different topics relating to starting a group practice. And my final and last email that will be sent out on week eight will discuss exactly what we talked about today, but um, it'll be a little better because you'll be able to visualize it and I have uh, graphs and all of that so you can see what I've been talking about. So I hope this was a little bit enlightening. If you have any questions for me, you can always reach me at maureen at urbanwellnesscounseling.com. Otherwise, I will see you on the next podcast episode. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Group Practice Exchange podcast. We'll see you next week.